Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast. Every week, I pick a topic, and in fact, this week, get this, I've just given a lecture. Oh, now I am the professor of biochemistry, so I'm meant to give lectures to the students. But every year, the first years come in, sitting there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and I give them their first lectures in biology. Can you believe it? And I've just given a lecture this morning on the origin of life, so I thought I'd share this topic with you, the science of the origin of life. Now, I can't um, explain enough to you what a thrill it is to be lecturing these young people. There must have been 350 of them in the lecture theatre, can you believe it? all 18 years of age and you can imagine what was going through their minds as they sat there listening to me you can hear a pin drop because it was their first week of lectures in Trinity and they're all very keen and taking notes and of course I can use the F word to shock them Uh, I kind of say look this isn't school anymore you know you're here now to be an adult and engage with this topic and interact with the likes of me so it's wonderful and then when I finished my lecture literally about an hour ago oh about 10 of them one by one came up with questions which means they were listening which is quite nice but I thought I'd give you that topic because there's recent stuff on it as well and it's a very interesting question how did life start on earth you know probably the biggest question of them all and remember many cultures have different origin myths as they often say if you're a judeo-christian it was all about adam and eve wasn't it you know uh, the aborigine in australia have a, have a giant serpent shaking the earth into life there's all these various myths as to how life started but of course i told the students that's a separate thing we're looking for scientific evidence of course if i come across a fossil record of a giant serpent i might say well that might be part of it but it's most unlikely and in fact scientists have tried very hard over the past 50 years or so to come up with a scientific basis for how life started now as i said to the students You can believe me or not, as the case may be. We don't really know how life started. There's some scientific evidence to back up what I'm going to tell you. But I often say, and I know I've had um, a few young people actually contacting me about the podcast. I always tell them, take nobody's word. If you're a scientist, you must question things all the time. And this area is a little bit dodgy. There's some good science and bad science behind it. But there's a consensus view among scientists as to how we think life started. And I will give you that story now. It could be wrong, you know, maybe new evidence would emerge. But the first thing that we do know is the Earth formed 4.5 billion years ago. That's a long time ago. The evidence for that is absolutely compelling. It's mainly based on dating of rocks, using radioactivity and various things. So the Earth forms 4.5 billion years ago. And then you can look on the fossil record. You can look back in the rocks going back through time and try to see evidence for life. And that's a clever thing to do. And they can date these rocks very accurately. The scientific strength of this lies in them. Um, accurate dating of rocks obviously enough now when's the first clear evidence for life 3.5 billion years ago now what that means is it took a billion years of bubbling springs and chemicals reacting and all kinds of things happening that are to do with chemistry for the first cell to arise and the fossil record tells us that the oldest cell ever seen is 3.5 billion years old that date keeps moving around it was found in rocks in australia recently canadian fossil hunters have said they've an older one so it's still a work in progress but certainly it took a long time like hundreds of millions of years for conditions on earth to give rise to the first cell now remember all life is based on cells as i told the students this morning we're built from cells every organism is built from cells they're microscopic you need a microscope to see them so the first cell arises 3.5 billion years ago and guess what it was a bacteria 
So life begins as the bacterial form of life. And all bacteria are descended from that first cell. But remember, so are we. Because evolution kicks in and that cell begins to evolve. Now what's evolution? As you all know, I hope evolution is survival of the fittest. Conditions change and the organism that can survive is the one that persists. And now we get all the different species on Earth. But certainly for a long time, now we're talking about you know, at least a billion years after that. It took a long time for the next big event to happen for life to evolve. And that event was around about two billion years ago, so a long time ago, a cell evolves just through random processes that can absorb the energy from sunlight. So the first plant appears about two billion years ago. Now remember, these are still microscopic creatures. You need a microscope to see them. And the first evidence of a plant type cell arises two billion years ago. And this is extremely important for life on Earth. Why is that? Because now we can capture energy from sunlight. And of course, life is all about energy. You know, you need energy to grow and develop. You need energy to evolve, you know. And think of it like batteries. So now we had a way to make a battery from the energy in sunlight. That battery plugs in and that cell now is very effective and that's the first plant cell. It evolves a pigment, which eventually becomes chlorophyll, that can absorb the energy in sunlight and use that energy then to grow and develop. Now this seems like a great idea. Life is now laughing its head off. If it had a head, which it doesn't at this stage. The trouble is that reaction, that chemical reaction of taking energy in sunlight and using it in a way to make more plants, because that's what the energy is being used for, generates a very toxic chemical. And that chemical, one of the most toxic chemicals on Earth is, guess what, oxygen. Now, at that point, the students all go, oh. they don't, because they're probably asleep. But you wouldn't think oxygen would be toxic, would you? But the truth is, oxygen oxidizes things, it breaks things down. Now, we know this from, say, iron rusts, doesn't it? That's an oxidation reaction. So oxygen's quite toxic, right? And yet here's an organism that can take sunlight make more of itself. It's using the sunlight actually to make more of its structure. It's called photosynthesis for that reason. But the trouble is it starts to make oxygen. It evolved a way as well to handle the oxygen. So this cell type, this first plant cell, is sitting pretty. Oxygen levels start to rise in the fossil record. And that's the evidence for this. Before two billion years ago, there's hardly any oxygen, but now oxygen levels start to climb. Now, two things happen immediately. That oxygen nearly kills off all of life on Earth because all the other organisms rust away, if you like. They get broken down by the oxygen and that's a, obviously a, a bad thing for them. But secondly, some of them evolve a way to handle the oxygen as well. So the plants can handle it. Other cell types that aren't plants, they can handle the oxygen too. And now these two cell types begin to survive. The plants that can take in the sunlight, you know, make oxygen and also make more of themselves. And then the other cells that can also use the oxygen in a safe way. They're using the oxygen actually, again, as a battery, kind of, as, a, as an energy source. And they can burn sugars, which we still do today using oxygen. That's why we breathe actually, because we're descended from this type of life that was using oxygen. And that's all great. So these two different survivors are there. But then big roll of drums, something very important happens. One of these cells, the ones that can handle the oxygen, either a plant or or the other type of cell that can handle the oxygen, crawl inside another cell that can't handle the oxygen, if you know what I mean. So some of the cells decide, I'm not gonna die out. 
I'm going to form a relationship with one of the other guys, one of the ones that can use oxygen. And that turns out to be a very important process. It's called endosymbiosis, if you want to look it up. It means go, going inside and having a symbiotic relationship. Obviously, both cells benefit from this. The one that receives the cell that can handle oxygen is getting a source of energy. And then the one that's actually uh, inside then gets nutrients. So it's a great relationship begins. And then eventually you get two main cell types, actually, two billion years ago. One of them have inside them a cell that can absorb sunlight and can make more of themselves, more carbohydrates we call this. And they make the oxygen and they can use the oxygen. And a second cell type inside that can also burn the oxygen, right? And guess what? All plants are descended from that cell type. Now the other type of cell has taken in a bacteria that can use oxygen and we're descended from them. All the animal cells descend from that cell type. So it's pretty complicated, isn't it? And a woman called Lynn Margulis gets the credit for coming up with this endosymbiosis theory. Uh, and she was vilified actually at the time. It was mainly male scientists who were working on this and they didn't believe her. They thought she was crazy. But the evidence grew and grew that two billion years ago this happens. You can see it in the fossil record. Now guess what? Nowadays, the plants, right? The plants that can absorb the sunlight, the structure inside the plants that can do that are called chloroplasts. And the other type of cell that can use the oxygen, they're called mitochondria and they're inside our cells and we use mitochondria to uh, convert the energy in carbohydrates and sugars into a useful form. Now the best analogy, now you remember the 18 year olds are now listening to me going, what the hell is he talking about? A good analogy here is with a great way to make batteries. Now imagine if evolution comes up with a way to make batteries. You can use those batteries now in your iPhone, in a torch, in a car, in a guitar, if it's an acoustic guitar with a battery. In other words, massive diversity of life begins to happen because of this energy source. And the energy then is essential for the evolution of very, very complex life on the back of this endosymbiosis event. And so it's seen as a key moment in the history of life on Earth, this crawling inside business, which depends on, of course, plants evolving to take the energy from sunlight. Now, next thing, and it gets a bit simpler now. So, um, so for a long time, now I'm talking a billion years, years goes by, another very long time, all of life on Earth are these single cell creatures that can do these things. The plants can take energy and sunlight, the animals can use up the oxygen, and the plants can use oxygen as well. So they're the two main types of creatures we see on Earth. And then around a billion years ago, some of these single cells begin to clump together to form multi-celled organisms. And again, evolution probably selected for that for whatever reason. The conditions were such that if you begin to form, you know, colonies with your mates, you might survive better. And now we see the first multi-celled life begins to evolve only a billion years ago. And remember, the Earth formed 4.5 billion years ago. It took a long time to get to multi-cell life. Now, for space, man came traveling, to quote that song. It's only now that life is visible. Before a billion years ago, a microscope was needed to see life on Earth, because it was all single cells, you see. But now, multi-celled life is there, and you can see all these creatures begin to evolve. 600 million years ago, again, a long time ago, we have the Cambrian explosion, where evolution really kicks in. You get massive diversity in all the body forms and life forms begin to evolve around then. And then finally, you get to us, don't you? We're a multi-celled organism. We're descended from, you know, earlier hominids that evolved a million years ago, whatever it was. But finally, Homo sapiens evolved 200,000 years ago. Now, there's a story that began 4.5 billion years ago, and it took an awful long time to get to us. If it was 24 hours, say all of this story I've told you, it took 24 hours, we arrive at three minutes to midnight. I mean, for crying out loud, 
We are the Johnny Come Lately's for Life on Earth. We're only we're very, very recent in the story of life on Earth. It took an awful lot of evolution from that very first cell, you know, 3.5 billion years ago of evolution to get to us. And what are we doing? We're destroying the planet, aren't we? We're killing life. There's mass extinction happening now on Earth because of our behavior. We've got too big for our own boots and far too smart, you know, and of course climate change is the pressing concern of the times we live in. Let's hope all that evolution makes us smart and allows us to uh, prevent the destruction of life on Earth, which took an awful long time to evolve. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, this story I've told you, it's a very long story, the story of life, beginning, as I say, 3.5 billion years ago, giving rise to the wonderment of all these fantastic species, plants, animals, bacteria, fungi, all kinds of life on Earth is there, you know, that evolved from that very first cell. Let's try and not make a hames of it and destroy it all. We are, we're all brothers and sisters, I suppose you might put it that way, in life, you know, and let's make sure that we don't end up destroying this planet through our behaviour. Hopefully we won't, is the message I'm giving as ever with these things, using our ingenuity, I guess, to make sure that we don't destroy all this wonderment of life on Earth. A story that began 3.5 billion years ago, and there you have it, the origin of life. And I hope you enjoyed that one. I hope it wasn't too technical. If you want to read about it, actually, there's loads of really good um, YouTube clips to, to describe what I said. Great books, actually, about the origin of life that you can find in the popular science. One I'd recommend, actually, while I'm at it is Nick Lane's book. He wrote a great book about all the energy of life. So there's plenty more reading if you want to get into it a bit more. Hope you got something out of it, though. And, of course, my podcast is available for download every Thursday. And it's a News Talk production. And thanks for listening.